Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. Welcome back to the 19th tee for another dose of golf without the jacket and tie. I am, of course, joined, as always, by my playing partner, Nathan Drudy. And Drudes, just a few short weeks now before you, and it seems tens of thousands, head over to Royal Melbourne for the President's Cup. You'd have to be living underneath a fairway bunker to not know it was coming, not least of which because we've been banging on about it for a few weeks now. Certainly, uh, it cannot come quick enough. December, December 11 is my flight. December 12 is when we get underway. And um, I absolutely cannot wait for this tournament, particularly after uh, some earlier results, Marshy. Oh, certainly, Drew. It's, it's, it's been building, uh, I think it would be safe to say, in recent weeks. And, and I can't wait, uh, as you said, to have the very best players in the world on our doorstep. One man who has an intimate knowledge of every last iota that's gone into building this tournament is the PGA Tour's Vice President and Executive Director of the President's Cup, a man we are very fortunate to welcome to the 19th tee. He is Matt Kaminsky. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll turn our attention, obviously, to the President's Cup very shortly, but it would be remiss of me uh, not to take our listeners on the journey of the research I conducted, Matt, for this interview, and that was via your LinkedIn profile, which revealed a 21-year history with the PGA Tour. So it's certainly been a hell of a journey with the PGA Tour to date. No, it absolutely has. It's, uh, it's been it's unbelievable that it's been 21 years. Uh, um, feels like it's been a lot shorter than that but um yeah it's been it's been a great ride i was very fortunate to come on at the pga tour and in golf right around the time that tiger woods is actually starting his professional career so um with that uh, um the uh, start of the world golf championships event in 1999 and i was uh you know with the tour for the for the building of those and then and um I guess where we traveled all over the world for those those events uh, in the early days, and still continue to do so. But it was um, pretty pretty cool as we went uh, more global with our events. And, um, I was just very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. I guess you'd say. Now you've fulfilled a number of different roles, uh, which I find interesting. You've obviously got a great experience across the board. So we've got operations here, tournament operations, sponsorship services. I'm curious in your mind, particularly with your experience around international tournaments and taking the PGA Tour brand to the world, what really does make a good tournament? What makes a good tournament? Um, well, I think, yeah, and I think it's something that we've always focused on is, is um, you know, it starts, it's really with making the, it about the fans and, uh, you know, the experience for the fans, your sponsors and the, the people that are supporting the event. You know, and then obviously, you know, the players are a big part of it. But those are the things that we really can't control, the stuff that happens inside the ropes. I was always very fortunate to work on events like the World Cup Championships, the President's Cup, uh, where you weren't fighting to, to um, uh, you know, recruit players to come and play because those are the events that they wanted to play in and be at. So it was never really focused on, on the players other than making it a great experience for them as well. So I guess when I say great for the fans, it was great for everybody that was involved in the event. Um, and you, you try to make 
the experience is, is good from uh, from the players, the sponsors, the fans, and you know from that I think the event's going to be a success. Um, so we were always very fortunate. I was always very fortunate to work on those events that had the greatest players in the world, but um, and it lent itself to or lent itself to um, to deliver the right things for the fans and sponsors for sure. Your focus from a from a role perspective has now been on the the President's Cup for for close to a decade, and and I'm I'm really curious as to what has brought us back to Royal Melbourne in 2019. Obviously, it's an experiment that we we did uh, just after 2010, and 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 we saw the success of what uh, the the scale of this tournament brought to Royal Melbourne. But for many fans around Australia and also for many fans in, in the, the Southern Hemisphere or, or different international parts of the world who will contribute athletes to this international team, why are we going back to Royal Melbourne? What's the draw to take you back to this, this great course? Well, really, it's, it's, it's Melbourne and then it's, you know, it, is, it is Royal Melbourne, uh, the sand belt, the region that it is, but it's really the city of Melbourne and the state of Victoria and um, you know, and the, and the people here and the fans here and uh, the support that they have for major events. It is the major event capital of the world. And um, it's, it's it's such an unbelievable place um, to bring events, uh, both from a, a sponsor support standpoint, but also just the, the fan support um, and uh, the the contractor and vendor and, and event delivery space here is just second to none um, from the government all the way down to the, to the folks that build it. So, um, you know, that's a big reason. And, and the players, the players absolutely love coming here to, to Royal Melbourne, playing the Sandbelt golf courses, Royal Melbourne being the crown jewel of the Sandbelt. Um, but, uh, you know, the players have a lot to do with it uh, and a lot of support from that standpoint. But, you know, when you go back all the way to when we first came here, um, you know, the event was launched, the President's Cup in 1994, and it was always the plan to, to go between an international and U.S. venue the first two times were played in the United States at Robert Trent Jones and then we had the opportunity and uh, we came here to, to Melbourne and to Romo and had an unbelievable experience um, and it was really kind of the uh, uh, really the springboard for the event as we went forward and um, you know every time we played internationally it's um, you know we're always compared to the last play and uh, you know what we've done here has always been um, kind of the gold standard of, of events internationally and um, coming back, uh, it's, it's a no-brainer, so to speak, uh, when it comes to we know we're always going to have an amazing event here and the players are going to be well looked after and our staff is and, um, and you know, it's going to show up really well on TV. Um, the, the course, uh, the competition, it's, it's second to none, really. How's the President's Cup changed since you've been involved? Obviously, you've seen a, a fair few of them now. Um, how is it, how's it really um, a evolved, I suppose, over the years that you've been involved? I think it's, it's uh, you know, it's, um, you know, the event was was born out of the, the, the fact that we had a lot of great international players uh, coming up on the, on the PGA Tour and being successful on the PGA Tour. Ones that did not, that were non-European, non-US players that did not have the opportunity to play in a team match play event. And the great likes of the Greg Normans, the Vijay Sings, Ernie Els, um, Nick Prices, and um, that's why the event was uh, launched, and uh, so that was why we were going to travel it around. But you know, the event I can say, and this would be my tenth President's Cup. I worked on that ever since 2000. Um, that it's grown, and, and every President's Cup has been better than the last. It's grown strength to strength with each play. Uh, I think what's what's really really cool to see now is you see this younger generation that's coming up and playing on both the, the U.S. and 
international side are making the team, the you know, either the Justin Thomases or the um Bryson DeChambeau's or um look on the other side, the Abraham answers, um, those folks grew up seeing the President's Cup. Uh we didn't have that luxury back in the day when the event was launched, in the sense, you know, these guys from the US side only knew the, the Ryder Cup and from the international side as well. So it was it was very new. Um, but now these, uh, it's an event that they aspire to play in. Uh, so we're, we're gaining that support of the, of the players more so than we ever had. Not that we've never had it. It's just, uh, it's something that's always been with them. So that's added to the, um, to the level of the, the competition, but the level of just, uh, um, how much people want to be a part of it. So, um, now the events have changed tremendously. We've changed in points. We've, um, you know, changed in the captains that we've used and we've gone through different phases in the sense when you think about it. Um, you know, Peter Thompson and uh, David Graham before him, but um, you know, uh, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas did it once, but then when we got Jack and Gary to captain for three events in a row, it was pretty, pretty special. And then we went to the more contemporary captains that had played on the President's Cup um, in Fred Couples and, um, and Greg Norman and uh, Fred Couples and Nick Price after that. Um, and then all these captains have been ones that have, have also competed in the President's Cup, which has just lent itself to, um, uh, I guess, just people, it's, it's just, with, with time, it just, it just gains a lot um, and it changes over that time. But it's, uh, uh, I think you're going to see it change a lot more with the emerging markets that have these different players like this year where we have a Chinese player and a player from Chinese Taipei and a player from Mexico. And um, it's, uh, it's only going to grow. Matt, there's often a perception, and to be honest, I probably prefer to call it a misconception in the golfing world that the President's Cup sits uh, somehow in a tier below the Ryder Cup, particularly in terms of what it means, that it might mean a little bit more to the, the US players to play the Ryder Cup and to win the Ryder Cup than it does the President's Cup. You're probably closer to it than most, and you've had the, the benefit, as you say, to, to watch 10 of them now. In your observations, what does it mean to these players, both both sides, sorry, to compete for this cup, and and, and how do you think it will uh, play out for particularly the U.S. players coming off the back of a Ryder Cup loss, and and, and in a lot of ways uh, looking to save some face. Look, you know, I mean, we're never going to out history the Ryder Cup when it comes to the Presidents Cup. I think that's the one thing more so than anything is uh, is the the Ryder Cup has in the Presidents Cup. It's, it's been played since 1927, or in our you know, 13th play this year. So um, it's, uh, we got a long way to go. Um, and so we're never going to catch up to them in the sense from that standpoint, but um, what we can own and what we can do with the event is, you know, the, the uh, emerging markets outside of Europe and the United States, which is, is, is pretty compelling. Um, you know, I think the players, anytime they get a chance to represent their country, to represent um something other than just themselves golf is inherently an individual sport and when they have that opportunity to uh play with a teammate play for a team play for a captain such as these two captains this year and i mean uh tiger woods and ernie owls two people that probably got any of these players on the team started in the game in a sense um excited about playing the game especially the younger guys um you know when they get to do that it's it's special um, and I think, you know, from, from the U.S. side of things, you know, they do have to do it every year or they, they have the opportunity to do it every year, uh, which is probably a good thing because then they get the opportunity to, if they do have a loss, um, to come back from it uh, and, and uh, you know, get it a little bit quicker than uh, coming back every two years, uh, which is fine with Europe or, or with the international players. But 
um, like I said before, I think, you know, these guys really do want to be on these teams. I think you looked at somebody like I mentioned before, Abraham Answer from Mexico, who made the comment at the beginning of the year that, you know, his biggest aspirations in golf were to make an Olympic team and, and make a President's Cup team. You know, he didn't even he didn't hear in the same breath that he's, which he probably does want to win a major, but he didn't say it at that time when he made those comments. And um, that's, that's a pretty big statement. Um, so these guys really, they, they want to win. They want to compete uh, against the best in, in this type of format. And look, they don't get to play the match play format, especially team match play format very often. And um, I think they, they get excited about it for sure. And so there's no question that, you know, teams want to win. And obviously on the international side, it's, it's, it's a lot tougher. It's, there's been a lot uh, said and talked about uh, bringing different cultures and languages and people from different walks of life together. You know, with Europe, you've got a you've got built in, uh, definitely with the United States, but with, with Europe, you've got a, a built in European Union kind of flag to play play for. Uh, with, with the international team, it's tougher, but Ernie's done a lot, um, a lot this year in, in, in trying to bring the guys together more and make them more a team. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be pretty, pretty cool to see, I think, this year. Uh, how that's changed because um, it has been it has been a tough thing, for sure. But yeah, these guys want to win. They want to play. They all of them want to come together as a team and and win for their captain and and win for their countries and also the charities that they support because these event this event is is all about all about the charities around the world that uh, benefit from the playing the Presidents Cup. Yeah, of course the the first ten Presidents Cup raising more than thirty two million US so a, a fantastic um, event in that respect as well. Um, Matt, really keen to understand if there's been, you've been involved with some amazing um, events uh, from a President's Cup perspective, um, from a results purely perspective. Has there been something that you've looked back on um, in your involvement with the President's Cup that stood out as a highlight? Oh, look, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of highlights. Um, you know, I think back to, um, I guess uh, 2000 would have been my first President's Cup. I had the opportunity to meet um, President Clinton uh, at that 2000 event, which was, was pretty special. And uh, I fast forward to 2003, and it was, we skipped a year because of 9-11. Um, the, um, uh, the Ryder Cup match weren't played then, so they moved to 2002. And then we played the President's Cup in South Africa in 2003. And when you think about that, that event was another, um, I guess, uh, watershed moment for the event so to speak 1998 first time we went international but then in 2003 when we when we finished in a tie um which no other um you know team event whether the solheim cup or the or the Ryder cup you know when you when you end in a in a draw the the team that had won the cup before retains the cup and we decide to share the cup at the end of that event um when we went 17 17 at the end and um, you know, went to a three-hole playoff, Tiger versus Ernie, which is pretty compelling when you think about the two captains this year. So that was very special, finishing in the dark. Um, but I think back to the opening ceremony of that event, um, and uh, we had uh, Sabo Mbeki, who is the current president of South Africa, um, was our honorary chairman. And it's been historically since, and uh, customary since, ever since we brought the event here to Australia, and the first time that the sitting head of state of the country that we play in serves as the honorary chairman. Um, and Bob and Becky was that year. Uh, we had um, uh, F.W. Clerk, who was the, um, the last apartheid president, and Nelson Mandela was the first non-apartheid president, um, and then Bob and Becky all on the same stage at the same time for the only time that those men sat on stage together uh, <laughs> at the President's Cup opening ceremony. So 
Um, it was a pretty special moment. Um, I think it was uh, just, just showing the, the power of sport, the power of golf, and they were there for a golf tournament for, for the President's Cup, uh, which was very, very special. There's a great shot of uh, Ernie and, and Tiger spending some time with Nelson Mandela during that event week. And you fast forward to 2017 when we were in New York City or just across the Hudson at uh, Liberty National in New Jersey City. Um, and, you know, on the first tee on the first day, we had uh, three past honorary chairmen, three past presidents on the first tee, and, and then President George W. Bush, President, President uh, Bill Clinton, and President Barack Obama, three men that really never got along, but, you know, golf brought them together. And the, the fact, uh, you know, that Barack Obama heard that President Bush was going to be there, and he's like, I want to be there. And then Bill Clinton heard that those two were going to be there, and he's like, I want to be there, too. And they all showed up and they're on the first tee for the for the start of the matches, which is pretty, pretty special. So um, that, that connection and, and the support that we have from the heads of state has always been a, uh, a pretty neat experience, uh, no matter what the President's Cup we've been at. So, uh, you know, when we took it to Korea, to the first um, non-English speaking country for the first time, that was pretty special too. And I spent, spent 16 months getting ready for that event on the ground. But you know, basically four years getting ready for that event um, on the heels of the 2011 event here. So anyway, there's, 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 I couldn't count them all. There's so many great memories and, um, you know, even just the, just the fun times with, with, the, with the staff and things like that throughout, throughout the year. But I've, I've been very fortunate uh, from that respect. But those are, those are some things that stand out with the present step for sure. Matt, turning our focus to this year's event, I would say the great majority of, of fans who either watch on television along to Royal Melbourne would have honestly no concept of the sheer scale of the operation that's gone into planning and, and getting this off the ground. To, to give us an indication, how long have you been on the ground in Australia, uh, I suppose, scoping this event and, and putting into place all the things that need to be done ahead of, ahead of the week? Look, we announced the event that would be coming back here at the, at the event in uh, Korea in 2015. So that would have been October of 2015. Uh, and right from then, we were we were we were scoping things out, and we actually played a World Cup here um, at Kingston Heath in, in 2016, uh, and then the World Cup returned again in 2018. So I've been down here on the ground um, since uh, the beginning of 2018. Uh, we played the, pre- the the World Cup at uh, the World Cup of Golf at um, Metropolitan this past year. Uh, but so we worked on that event, getting ready for all all in tune up and getting ready for the president's cup so um you know it's been it's been a long long time coming ever since we announced it in 2015 um thankfully you know the the um uh the folks on the ground here are just you know so good at doing events and and uh, and delivering it's it's uh, it's been uh, been good but you know a lot of people think oh you did in 2011 it's the exact same thing but you know it's eight years difference things aren't all the same you know there's a lot more events down here than there were back in 2011 uh, you have your staples the Aussie Open the Grand Prix the, the AFL season and the Grand Final and the Spring Racing Carnival but um, you know there's so many other things that are happening in the city so it, it, it makes it that much more difficult but um, you know even when you think about on a golf course you don't have the luxury of um, you know a place like you know, Melbourne Olympic Park for the for the Aussie Open or MCG or Marble Stadium or you you have to go out and create it on site. You've got a great golf uh, to to um, a little city, so to speak, when it comes to the hospitality and corporate facilities, and, uh, but also the public facilities. Whether it's you know going out and finding the caterer and finding the the tent vendor and the 
um, uh, various people that are you know, building the security plans and stuff with the with the golf course. That, yes, it has some fences around it, but it's 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 not a you know secure site 24/7 like a lot of these other places. So um, you know it creates its challenges, and, but it's 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 you can be creative and it's fun and um, you, know, you put surround yourself with great people like you do with anything else and um, you know you're going to be able to get the job done. Speaking of the the experience, Matt, obviously the sports fan these days, they're, they're a more sophisticated uh, individual. It's not good enough to come along and, and, and sit and watch four days of golf. We hear constantly, it's in fact, it's, it's rammed down our throat about the fan experience and how much that has evolved at an event in the last probably five to 10 years. So what can fans heading along to this year's President's Cup expect beyond uh, the action that's inside the ropes? No, I was going to be seeing. I mean, like I said before, you can't. The, the inside the ropes are the things you really. Once the golf course is set up and the players are here, you can't. Really, you can't control what happens inside the ropes. We know we're going to have great competition, and the golf course is going to be set up beautifully by the folks at Royal Melbourne and Richard Forsyth and his staff. But you know, it, it is that experience. It's 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 the food. It's the it's the entertainment. It's the it's the fun. It's the excitement. It's the, it's the things for people that aren't golf fans. It's it's the event atmosphere so to speak, um, that you do need to deliver. And, I, you know, I, I think I, I mentioned a uh, gold standard for events in, in Melbourne, but when you when you look at the Australian Open tennis, they do it better than probably any anybody anywhere uh, when it comes to just the overall fan experience. We want people to be able to, you know, come to the President's Cup and, um, you know, if they never want to see a shot of golf, they don't have to, and they can have a great time. So um, we will have that, that opportunity in, in our fan village, which will have – you know, a, a beautiful kid zone, a, um, a stage that will show entertainment after the golf song, um, you know, food uh, from, from many different uh, uh, cuisines and stuff around, um, uh, you know, merchandise and other activations from our sponsors and partners. But we'll also have a, you know, when I said food, the, the pop-up restaurant, uh, Michelin-starred chef from Melbourne, Curtis Stone, will have his own pop-up restaurant, first ever in Australia that he's done, uh, bring his uh, restaurant, Glenn, uh, from LA here to the President's Cup, which is going to be pretty special for people to book and, um, and just experience Curtis Stone's food. So that's, that's for the foodie that may not be a golf or even just a sports fan. Um, and then just for the, for the golf fan and the people that want to be out there and walking around, you've got 8,000, 9,000 grandstand seats uh, around the property, 21 video boards around the property, multiple locations for you to stop and grab a beer so you can walk while you're and, and just hang out so um and places to stop and just uh, enjoy rural melbourne um and the, and the golf's going to be unbelievable you know the corporate facilities are, are fantastic for those who want to entertain that way so um and in addition to what we have on site for those that can't get out to the golf course we'll have our uh fan experience at the crown river walk right there at the, uh, at the yarra river uh, right there in the heart of the city um that'll be open for the public uh, to kind of experience a taste of the president's cup without coming out to rural melbourne if they just couldn't get a ticket or didn't have a, a chance to obviously we want everybody to come out and see the event, but uh, we will have our, um, that fan experience live and uh, live site operational throughout the week. That'll have a, a little taste of everything that you can get on at the president's cup as well. Matt, I'm really um, fortunate to be able to be heading along to the president's cup and I'm certainly looking forward to it. Um, when I booked my tickets and, and managed to sort of, do a bit of a package deal through a, a sports provider. I was really surprised at how cheap the whole package actually was. How big of um, a priority have you made sort of the accessibility 
of the President's Cup to, to the people of Australia, and I suppose, and the world as well, who, who want to come down and see the world's best golfers um, doing their thing on the course of Royal Melbourne? Well, I mean, you know, and a lot of people, it's, it's good to hear that, that, uh, you know, it is accessible. I mean, it's not, you know, I think when you look at it in relative terms too, and, you know, somebody looks at a, a weekend ticket on a Saturday or Sunday, it's a, I think our price is now at $155 for a Saturday or Sunday, but you think about that, it's an eight day, I mean, an eight hour day. Um, you can come out there for two sessions on Saturday, or you can come out for the 12 singles matches on Sunday. Um, and that's 155 dollars for the for the whole day, and 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 these prices are are less than that. But when um, you know, if you want to bring the family and things, so um, you know, you compare that to a a three hour concert, you wouldn't be able to go see Elton John or U2 or anything for less than 200 bucks, and that's three hours. And Presence kept you're coming out and had the opportunity to come and see 24 of the best players in the world, um, uh, along with other. Uh, experiences and entertainment that'll happen you know we'll have uh, a celebrity match on the Thursday we'll have our disabled golf match on the Friday after play so there's there's a lot that's going on in and around that so um, it is accessible um, it is uh, relatively um, I wouldn't say it's inexpensive but it's I think it's uh, it's well worth the, the, the premium expense I think it's just golf is one of those things where people just expect to it to be if not free very cheap to go to um uh, over the years here in, in australia it's just it's been that way um but you are talking about and i think i think our price is a lot less than what you would have paid for the usa uh basketball um when it comes to um, other than the seats way up in the top top row so um you know i think we're, we're guaranteed to have you know tiger woods ernie owls top players off the U.S. side, uh, hopefully Brooks is able to play, but you got Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Vander Shoffley, Matt Kutcher, I mean, the best players in the world on that side, plus Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, uh, Cam Smith, Nicky Matsuyama, um, and just unbelievable golfers. And then you think about the captain's assistants, Red Couples, Steve Stricker, Zach Johnson, whether they're playing or not, they're still going to be here. We'll have our junior president's cup to kick it off the week. You know, on Sunday, Monday, you can spend $10 and experience everything that you can without the, the, the pros being there, but the junior president's cuppers who are going to be the future of the president's cup, you know, coming and competing on the, on the Royal Melbourne uh, golf course, composite golf course before the pros do, which is going to be exciting. It's a $10 ticket. We'll have entertainment on those days, you know, music and entertainment that'll happen while, while the play is going on. So it's, it's going to be a really neat experience. And yes, it's, um, it's affordable and available to everybody. Yeah, I think I think that's really the the key part for me, Matt. Was, I mean, I've put um, I've certainly put the the put it out on record that my package all up, including flights, cost me twenty one hundred bucks for four days of of tickets, return transfers, breakfast. Um, I've got a three course dinner at the Crown Palladium with um, Tiger and Ernie, and and I think it's all that sort of stuff that's around um, the golf, which is obviously what I'm there for, but it's all the stuff that's around yeah. it that I'm really looking forward to. And even the the Thursday and the Friday, I suppose, when, when the crowds, you know, perhaps won't be as big as Saturday and Sunday, given that, you know, they're obviously working days, um, are probably two of the days that I'm looking forward to the most where I can get a little bit closer to the action, see all the other things that are happening away from the golf course. So I think from my perspective, I'm really looking forward to, to everything that uh, you and your team have planned away from, um, from the actual golf course. So um, I suppose for me, just a, a big congratulations on everything that you've, you've uh, achieved so far without the tournament actually having even started. 
Well, I appreciate that. We're, we're, we're not there yet. Uh, 40, a little under 42 days to go, but I guess it'd be about 43 days till you're down here. But um, it's, uh, um, you know, we can use every day and every hour, but it, it, it is going to be pretty special. And, I, you know, it's something that people aren't going to miss. Um, I, I don't know when we'll be back again. You know, we, you know, we were here in 1998, returned in 2011, 13 years later. We came back pretty quick this time, eight years uh, removed. Um, but I just, you know, with you, you see us having the first, you know, Chinese player on the team, the first player from Mexico. Um, we had the first player from Thailand in, in 2015. You, you, you go down the list of countries that we need to go. Japan has not had a President's Cup yet. We, we want to go back to South Africa. Uh, we've had Indian uh, players from India on the team, and we will go to India someday. We'll go to China someday. We'll go. So right there, you talking five countries times four that's 20 years removed till we may get back here so it's something that people you know don't take for granted and you know you, you, we're all very fortunate um i will say this to you know see what tiger woods has done to come back from his injuries and and, and probably you know to be able to see him play you know, go two years ago nobody would have thought he wouldn't even thought he'd pick up a club again to play and you know, he's, he's talking about possibly being a playing captain, which is pretty exciting. Um, but uh, people need to appreciate who he is and, and, and what he's done for the game, but also, you know, the players that are going to be here because they, they won't always come back. Um, we'd love to see him come back and they love playing down here, but it does sometimes take an event like this to get this concentration of this number of players to be here, um, you know, uh, playing uh, all at one time. Because, you know, you, you look at a lot of the other events, very rarely do you get basically 24 of the top 50 in the world playing an event in Australia. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty special. And I just, uh, I don't want people to to get done and they said, oh, I watched on TV, but I, I could have been there and I, I would have liked to have experienced it. And you don't have to be a golf fan to do that either. I know you're coming down for the golf and that's going to be awesome and it's going to be great. But, um, you know, I say to people all the time is, do you ride a horse? No. Do you go to the races? Oh yeah, I love the races. They're awesome. Okay. <laughs> what do you go for? I mean, you go because it's an event. It's something to go to. I mean, a lot of people, I think footy is a different example, but there's a lot of people don't play footy, but they love it. I know they've grown up watching and stuff, but, um, and a lot of people go to the tennis and never see a, a serve or a game played, but they're there. Um, and you know, I think that's, uh, that's the nature of events. That's what Melbourne does very well. And so, um, you know, I think you know, the, the president's cup, it's not just a golf tournament. It's more than a uh, golf tournament. It's a, it is a big event. It's a major event. And, um, uh, not just because of the players, but, you know, everything that's happening in and around it, for sure. Matt, one thing I think the, the President's Cup gets absolutely spot on uh, is inclusion. You mentioned before that the beginning of the week we'll see the Junior President's Cup. Of course, we had the announcement um, just a, a, sh- a few short weeks ago that the very best disabled athletes uh, in the world will descend upon Royal Melbourne in, in a bit of an Australia against the rest of the world type format uh, on the same uh, on the same course uh, as the able-bodied athletes. I think it, it's such a good um, initiative to see the, the President's Cup put everything in the same week rather than have these events stand alone to acknowledge that these athletes are as as important um, to the brand as as the very top echelon. How important is it to the President's Cup that, that these I suppose offshoot tournaments, both in the um, disability event and also the Junior Presidents Cup, receive the attention that they deserve alongside, I suppose, the the, the top tiers. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very important, you know, I mean, I think, the, you know, starting with the Junior President's Cup, I said before, those the, these young men are the, the future of, of the President's Cup. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple of these names, uh, if not in the next President's Cup, but the, the following President's Cup when we go in 2023 that, that, that might be on the team. Um, uh, so that's that's pretty exciting and um, to, to see that, you know, the two men that are leading them and Justin Leonard and Stuart Apple, we both have great experience there. And then, you know, with the Disabled Golf Cup, the ISPS and the Disabled Golf Cup, ISPS and uh, who has been a huge champion of golf in, in this region, definitely in Australia, from the, the Women's Open to the World Cup to, um, uh, you know, supporting the, um, the, the Australian Open and uh, also obviously just supporting them and being the naming rights partner of the PGA Tour of Australasia. They, uh, big supporters of um, of inclusion and, and and bringing a spotlight, putting a spotlight on um, the all abilities and uh, folks with um, I wouldn't say disability, but folks that have you know can play the game as well. And, and refer to as all abilities, but um, you know it's there they are just as able bodied and get out there on the golf course and play just as well as uh, you know the professionals. So it's pretty exciting to see. Uh, we saw it at the World Cup and uh, the ISPS and the World Cup um, in 2018 um, and the success of that and the, re the reception that we had, the, the players had, but also that we received from, from fans uh, wanting to come out and, and, and watch these, these, these men. And we will have a, a woman playing on the team as well this year, which is fantastic. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much, uh, it's, it's pretty spectacular to see and, um, you know, hopefully uh, make steps in, um, towards getting um, disabled golfer, um, golfers with uh, all abilities into um, uh, the Special Olympics, which is something that's uh, in, the, in the Paralympic Games, which is something that's been a goal of ISPS handles as, as well as as well as ours someday. Hopefully we'll get into the Paralympics. So um, say Special Olympics, not like Paralympics. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about... Uh, inclusion. It's about um, it's about growth of the game and 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 making it available for for everybody to play because it's a game for life. And um, the more people we get interested in it, the more um, the more people we have playing it, and the more people we um, you know supporting and, um, and and driving this game forward. So yeah, we love we love uh, everything we can to get more people playing it and um, showcasing the game in different lights. You touch on growth of the game and just focusing specifically on the international team for just a moment. You look at some of the athletes here now in, in players like CT Pan, Hao Tong Lee, uh, every expectation to see Sung Jaim, um, you know, taking place, potentially also Ben Ahn, uh, looking at like, likely a captain's pick of, of Ernie Els. It's obviously a great reflection of uh, the growth that golf has seen in the Asian region in the last uh, in the last ten years. We've seen how popular the the Asian Swinger tournaments have been in recent weeks on the PGA Tour. How conscious uh, are the PGA Tour in continuing to build the brand, whether it's through events um, that the, the, the tour takes there, or through you know highlighting these great athletes through team events like the uh, the President's Cup. That's very important, you know. I mean, I think um, you look at uh, the PGA Tour and you know the the, um, the growth and uh, I guess just the emergence of players from different countries on you know from all over the world on on the PGA Tour. I think we've got 27 different countries represented, um, you know, by 70 some odd players on the PGA Tour. They're from or maybe 90 players from 
um, outside the United States to play on our tour, which is is a, a huge number. And um, you know, uh, and they are coming from different you know places than you would have seen before. So when you go back to when the when uh, the Presidents Cup came about, you know, you saw players from South Africa, South a lot of them from South Africa, a lot of them from Australia, uh, Japan. Um, and then, you know, obviously VJ Singh was there too, but for the most part, those were the, the countries that really um, showcased the players. But now we do have China represented, um, Thailand has been represented, India has been represented. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the Asian tournaments yesterday are bringing out a lot more players from, from Asia, from South Korea um, or from Korea. Um, but Joaquin Neiman could be a, a captain's pick for NEL as well. And he's from Chile and we've had the folks from Argentina and the, and the, and the players from Venezuela like, um, uh, that, that, have, that have played in Jonathan Vegas. So um, golf is, uh, it, it is definitely a global sport. And, um, and, and and the President's Cup and, and our and our international events are important to to uh, showcase our players. And if they're not, as you said before, if we're not playing the event there, it's showcasing our players on the PGA Tour back to in, in, in their home market. So you'll see a lot more of that, telling those stories of our players, not just in the United States, who those players are, but what those players are doing and be building those fans in their home market, so to speak. So that's a big part of our, our relationship with discovery and golf TV is, is telling those stories um, uh, in, in the native language of, of those players in, in the, in the cultures and, and, um, and ingraining the game of golf and that opportunity like they do with any other, um, I guess, uh, uh, trade or any other, um, uh, just just uh, um, uh, programming in those countries. It's 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 delivering it the way that the, the folks in each of these different countries or cultures want to consume it, but focusing on those players that are from there. So that's that's a big part of you know what we do. It's not just about the events being played there. It's how we deliver it um, and broadcast it and, and uh, or or via television or through. Um, your, your devices to, to consume um, what the game of golf is and who's who, are, who those stars are. But you know, building those homegrown stars is, is very important. And the Presidents Cup provides that. The, the tournaments in Asia provide that. The tournaments that we play, the World Golf Championships, do a great job of that. Uh, even if they are played in the United States, we we partner with people to deliver the right messaging back to those those home countries. And so when you look, that's where the Olympics is such a big vehicle. Um, that you're going to see more and more countries, uh, you know, come up with players, even more so than you have in recent years, because you know governments get behind the Olympics, and you know now that golf is an Olympic sport, you see what happens in in China. They, you know, the players like Ha Tong Lee get to utilize um, the facilities that all the other great athletes that are competing in Olympic sports get to utilize, and they're looked after the same way, which that was not the case before. So um, I think you'll see that a lot more, and so only more countries will come about with, with players and sooner or later you're probably going to have, could have 12 countries represented on, on the international team. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but you know, 10, we 10, can, with, we, we can only hope, system, so. we can only hope Matt. And without a doubt, without a doubt. I'm talking way too much. You guys need to talk more. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. <But> speaking, <laughs> speaking of showcasing uh, the, the brand and, and being an ambassador, not only for the tournament, for the game, but for the game more broadly, uh, in that vein, how easy have the two captains made your job? Well, well I mean, yeah, just like I said at the beginning, I mean, these 
you couldn't have asked for better better captains just from the history of this event, but just from the last 20 years of golf. Is there a better rivalry? And you know whether it was you know as forward facing, but you know how many major championships would would Ernie have won if Tiger wasn't there? How many times did he finish second to him? And you know I mean you you. Uh, just just from a major stance, but you know, then you throw out other events as well. But over the last 20 years, no, no two men, I don't think, um, on both, you know, from United States standpoint and the international perspective, had had more um, impact on the game and um, you know played uh, or at the highest level than those two. And um, uh, like I said before, I think these two, um, it's the because of these two, you know, uh, these two captains that. So many of these players that are on the international and U.S. team probably picked up the golf club for the first time. So um, I think Justin Thomas said it great last week when he was asked about you know, at the CJ Cup. He was asked about if you would have told me at the age of five that you know I would be playing for and possibly playing with Tiger Woods, my captain. You know I, I would have fallen over. Um, you know you, <laughs> you know so when you, that's that's pretty cool and um, and they and they made it easy just from the standpoint of how invested they are in, in their teams and in um, in wanting the President's Cup and this President's Cup to be an amazing experience for the players, but also for the fans. And just, they want it to be um, a great competition. And they, they, they um, you know, it was Tiger Woods that called Commissioner Monaghan to be an ass to be captain <laughs> and put his name up. It wasn't us calling him. You know, we knew it would happen someday and we would have the opportunity to ask him to do it. But he had such a great experience over the last couple of goes, both with the Ryder Cup and then you know, President's Cup in 2017, um, that it was it wasn't, but maybe it wasn't even two weeks after the President's Cup in, in New York or in, uh, in New Jersey when he called and um, said, "Hey, how about me?" Um, so that's pretty pretty cool. And in Ernie's just you know his history with this event, but just in golf is you know it's awesome. And then, like I said, Ernie has. He has brought these guys from an international perspective. Has done so much. I think they've had about eight, maybe ten meetings. Um, you know, since uh, he was named captain, maybe more at different events. What we did at the Surge uh, event in New Orleans this past year to bring a lot of these players to get them playing and in, in this match play and team match play, team different formats, four ball foursomes together. Uh, very important. And then, but just also getting them together as a team to hang out and get to know each other outside of uh, the golf course. Um, uh, he's, he's created a new logo uh, and you'll see that uh, this year. You've probably already seen in our advertising and in a shield um, that these guys can really play for, uh, play, get behind, but also that their, their country can be highlighted in uh, individually. So play for your country, but also play for, for the shield, for this thing that brings these guys together and, there's some nuances to the logo that speak to golf and speak to um, protect, protection in the shield. But there's some things in there that only the players on that team know what, what it means. Um, and that was uh, uh, something that uh, Ernie, you know, got behind it in on his own. It wasn't anything that we had to ask him to do. He was just, he said, we need to do something here. So um, they're, they're taking it very seriously. They, they, they both want to win. They both want their teams to do well. And, um, but they, they have made it uh, extremely easy, and not just from being who they are, uh, but uh, what, what they put into it, for sure. Matt, you've been absolutely brilliant with your time, and, and um, you said that we don't speak enough, but it's absolutely fascinating listening to, to your history and, and um, your knowledge of the President's Cup. Last question before we let you go, because we are conscious of your time. What does the next 
seven weeks look or six weeks uh, look like uh, in the lead up to the President's Cup uh, at Royal Melbourne? Uh, well, we just uh, want to hopefully uh, sell the event out and um, you know just make it uh, um, as big as it can be. You know, we're, we're just putting the, the finishing touches on a lot of things. It's you know we're, we've been out there for the last four weeks building uh, the property. It started just at the beginning of October, so um, now it's really you know just, we just got to uh, make sure the plans are um, all the plans that we put in place. Uh, now it's just implementing them and uh, tweaking them here and there, but. Uh, you know, we're, we're about 85 to 90% of the way there. It's just that last little 10% that we have to get uh, in addition to, you know, selling the rest of the stuff and uh, getting everybody excited about being on there. So we got our captain, you know, the captain's picks coming up in a week, you know, next week. Um, so uh, I think Alice and Tiger will both make their picks next week for the last four. Um, see if Tiger picks himself. He's uh, obviously <laughs> well on his way with Fingers crossed. Um, you know, Tiger as the player uh, really impressed the captain, I think, a little bit. Tiger. Uh, so <laughs> comment, his quote. comment after uh, <laughs> it was a great, great quote. quote. And then and then to hear Gary Woodland after that to catch himself. <laughs> this is better, be I thought. Stu- I thought this was be dumb. And, then, <laughs> and then he said that would be dumb, not he'd be dumb. So that was pretty <laughs> uh, pretty funny. But um, it, it's, you know, I think all those guys in that team want him to play and um, I know uh, it's been a goal of his, but, you know, ultimately Tiger, you know, when you think about it, Tiger uh, wants to be a playing captain, but more so than anything, he probably wants to be a winning captain. So he's going to make the decision that he feels is the best thing. Um, and then that his team feels the best thing, but you can't argue with, you know, a guy that's number six in the world now and <laughs> it's Tiger Woods. So, but, uh, you know, I mean, over the next, you know, we're, we're just finalizing everything just to get ready for, uh, for everybody to show up, the players, fans, sponsors um lot lot still to do but um again it's just uh it's putting those last finishing touches and just implementing the plans that we have in place and um we're in the best place in the world to do it in in, in melbourne um you know people know how to do it better events better than anybody else here so uh you rely on that um but uh yeah i've got a few more gray hairs than i than i did when i first got down <laughs> we'll get through it so <laughs> Nothing at all wrong with a bit of salt and pepper on top, Matt. Let me tell you, now. when it's for a worthy cause like the President's Cup, it, it makes it all the more sweeter. Uh, look, we are, uh, particularly Nathan, who's heading along, but uh, you know ourselves, our listeners, and I'd say every other golf fan in this country, incredibly excited and humbled to be hosting such a, a fantastic tournament on our doorstep. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, you say you're concerned that you were speaking too much. I say our listeners would be thankful for the reprieve from our voices, particularly when it Agreed. comes from uh, such a level of experience uh, such as yourself and, and some fantastic stories from the history. And I'm sure we're about to write another one in, uh, in a few weeks' time down there at Royal Melbourne. Thanks so much for your time, Matt. We wish you the very best of luck for uh, the remainder of the preparation and for the tournament proper. And uh, we look forward to hopefully talking to you in the future after what was a successful 2019 President's Cup. Thanks again for joining us on the 19th today. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Nathan. And Karen, I just want to ask you one question. Um, why is only Nathan coming down here? What's, what's going on? It's <laughs> <laughs> a very, very, uh, very good question. Uh, Matt, I, I've seen a recent addition to the Marsh family and also a mortgage uh, uh, in successive months. <laughs> and, and that, uh, that has seen my miscellaneous <laughs> cash drawer emptied. I don't have the, uh, the very affordable 2100 that Nathan has to yeah. spend on his, uh, on his Make the weekend. 
for as accessible uh, for as accessible as what it is, uh, it, it's just uh, just out of reach for me. Although Matt, I was gonna I was gonna uh, say, and I might be cheeky to sneak in one last one. I might join uh, what I assume is a very long list of people who either send you an email or a text in that week before sneaking around uh, for maybe a, a last minute Media uh, ticket or two. So uh, whether, it's, yeah, whether it's accreditation yeah. or a ticket, expect to see an email from me. But, it, you know, without, without maybe giving away too many state secrets, you, you, you've had 10 in the past. This is your 11th. I know that that's happened to you. I know that there has been some requests that have come from very um, unique places for, for last minute tickets. Do you care to share your favorite story of a last minute ticket request to a president's cup in the past? Oh, uh, no, man, I can't, I can't have all those things I keep to myself. So, uh, that uh, 21 year um, career at the page, or maybe short lived <laughs> if you shared with us those state secrets. <laughs> uh, it might be, might be. Well, well, I hope to see you down here and, um, I might answer my emails if you send one. So <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll certainly be sending you an email, Matt. When when I'm over there, I'll say, say I'll meet you on the twelfth somewhere. In that no, case, you've been getting good. one a week for the next seven weeks. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for opening up the inbox, Matt. <laughs>